This is what? Hard to swallow. Gross. She should have put him back on the rack. You cannot talk to me. Hi, Swallowers. Welcome back to Hard to Swallow Podcast. I'm your host, Emery Lavelle J, on Instagram and Twitter as Ain't I Emery. And you can add the J to my Twitter account. And I'm joined here, of course, with some Negroes I know. Joining me now is Lyrical Mar on Instagram and Twitter as Lyrical Mar. Hey, guys. Good to see you again. And good to see you. Well,. For those who don't know, Marcus is sitting in front of me half naked with a glass of champagne. Yeah, man. Yes. <laughs> Are you enjoying Hello? the view? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> and also joining me, of course, is my lady, my lady, my lady, Lindsay Wagner on Instagram and Twitter as Lynn's Wags. Good evening, everyone. How is everyone out there? Hello, hello, Gay. hello. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> Gay as fuck. Yay. Every Just day. how I like it. <laughs> real, all real. Okay. Real gay. I just want you flowers to know that I've been dieting. And I'm miserable, and I'm suffering, and I need you to stand with me as I fantasize about a cheeseburger that I won't have for the next yeah. 20 to 30 days. So y'all going to keep hearing about it. <laughs> the one I just had. The one I just had with bacon and a fried egg on it. Decadent. Oh, my God. <laughs> decadent. <laughs> that is so decadent. I polished mm-hmm. it. You hear me? I polished it. Was, was it delicious? Oh my god, it was like never before. Hmm. How was the meat cooked? Was it medium? medium well, well, you know, I don't, I don't eat hamburgers often. I eat them like every six weeks or. Me too. Know. Yeah. So you know, it was just, you know, but I don't want to keep going on. I know your, you know, your hamburger phase is still. No, I mean, no, it satisfies me. It's like watching my man have sex with someone else. You know, yeah. it's still just as gratifying. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have to make a few announcements. Um, I want to say congratulations to Nicki Minaj. She finally, as if she was even having it, she finally announced her pregnancy. Yay. Yes. A lot of people were saying that they noticed in the um, video, what was it, um, Trolls? Mm-hmm. With six nine, but I'm glad she finally put it out there. What did you Her guys think about? Her boobs were huge. Yes, I they saw were. it in the stills. Yeah, and I was like, it's either she got her breasts done or she's pregnant, and she don't need more breasts, so she's probably pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, baby Minaj, <laughs> mini Minaj. You know, I'm happy for her, um, but. There has been like seven rumors over the years that she's pregnant, but yeah. it. But it, what was crazy was even though there was a picture, people were still paying it. No, no yeah. media reported about it, and that was refreshing. Um, oh yeah, now that you say it, that's true. They were paying it, but I think it's just because 
she be tricking people like I'm pregnant, but she don't be pregnant. And uh, I'm happy for her. I, I just, you know, I want to see what happens after the baby with her. Right. How she will motherhood change? She will change in some way. It's it's only it comes with the territory. What did you think of the maternity shoot? I thought it was you know yeah I liked it. I mean I thought it was I mean I saw some comparisons between her and Cardi (laughs) and you know I was just like wow. Well, um, you know, I thought she looked great and effortless in the pictures. They were very, you know, because I've seen Sierra go outside in the backyard and sit in the grass and take pregnancy pictures. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know exactly and, the picture. And they didn't read no makeup, no hair, you know, just, and they were beautiful pictures. So to me, I just think that this um, this comparison thing has just gone way too far. Um, but, you know, I, I liked it. I, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. It was a little campy. Isn't that what they say on Drag Race? Campy? It was mm-hmm. definitely campy. I wasn't a fan. Uh, well, I mean, I, just, I felt like it was reminiscent of the era of Nicki Minaj that we loved so much, so I kind of appreciated that. Um, but as far as the comparisons go, it's so unnecessary. Like, why when, I, when a woman does a um, maternity shoot, like... <clears throat> You got to compare it to another person's, like, this is better. Like, stop being ridiculous. <laughs> stop being ridiculous. Long um, list of Oh, I didn't even know there was, well, obviously with those two, there are always going to be comparisons made. It's so ridiculous at this point. Um, you know, mm. I'm just really happy for her, and I hope she has a, you know, healthy pregnancy and um, healthy baby. Yeah. Yep. Congratulations. And also, it's funny you bring up Sierra and her photo shoot because she just welcomed her new baby, her and Russell. And the baby Congratulations, is Sierra. adorable. Win Wilson. Win? Win. That's pretty. Um, you but never... I don't like that it's spelled W I N. I think it should have been a Y and double N, but it's yeah. like Win Wilson. <laughs> I, I think it's kind of cute. It's like, cute. It's kind of never... neutral. It is. You never see good looking newborn babies. <laughs> That's <often>. not true. <laughs> what is... Well, I'm That's talking about newborn. Well, but to me, their baby looks so good. Like new, and you know, babies be looking disgusted those first two days. They look disgusted with everything. No, no, I, I know what face was expressing you talk. I know what face was expressing you talking about. <laughs> I do. Back in the days, they used to look terrible, but now they look beautiful coming fresh. Yeah, you have all that blood and shit on them, and just looking like. Well, they're oh. not taking pictures while they're doing that, but. Absolutely. I'm just talking about the facial expressions. That's all. Yeah, the like these pressure. days, these babies come out looking gorgeous. She had a good looking newborn baby, though. I'll give, I'll say that. Yeah. All right. We're Let's turn up the heat. Let's turn up the heat. And we're going to start talking about the stallion. The stallion, oh, yeah. last name, first name, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Well, this is going to be. Uh, 
uh, this is going to be whatever it is. <laughs> she was brutally shot in the foot. Twice. Um, twice. And allegedly, is she was shot by Tory Lane. There hasn't been more information. She has tweeted about it and said when she's when she's ready to talk about it, she will. But what I guess I want to talk about today is the trending topics that's been going on. People making jokes about her being shot. What the hell is wrong with people? <laughs> And some more than one celebrity, um, Chrissy, um, John Levin's wife, and then you also had who else said something? Um, what's the bird face motherfucker? Drea Michelle. Drea <coughs> Michelle, yeah. Ugh. If y'all don't get the fuck out of here and shut up. Wait a minute, I didn't know that. Um, what's her name said something about her? Chrissy Teigen. Yeah, she said something along the line. Like, she was, I don't know, it was one of those Twitter things where somebody made up something. I can't really explain it. Somebody makes up something and then the thread is continued. So whatever part of the joke she was using, it was it was Megan Thee Stallion, and it made reference oh. to her getting shot in the foot. It was Christy like... Tegan, she should know better than that. She tried it. She tried it. And then she was like, I love Megan, though. Like, you don't make fun of that. Like, no. She probably no. had one too many champagnes. No, no, and no. <laughs> I'm gagging at her. No. Well, um, I'll tell you what's no, wrong no. with people. I'll tell you what's wrong with people, Emery Lavelle J. What's wrong with people? These young kittens don't know their cooch from a hole in the wall. Okay. I'll start there. And they don't have any goddamn respect. That's number two. Playing with somebody, you know, Megan the Stein getting shot in the foot is buffoonery, but it's definitely not something to joke about. Um, imagine mainly because of the way that the police pulled over and made her get out with that foot, um, the footage of her having to walk with her hands up over to the grass. And it was really sad. And I'm sure she was so scared. So in that moment, that is what make you should not make you make the joke. If you just heard she got shot in the foot, then that's one thing. But if you right. saw that video of her, um, after the Limping, fact, there's no, there's yeah. no way you can make a joke about that. But these young girls, and that's, not you know, have that's some what compassion. they do. Yeah, yeah, that's what they do. They have no compassion. They have no empathy, unless it's the well. In relation to black women, it's some, it's so weird. It's like so polarizing when you're a black woman because people only delegate empathy a lot of the time only if the woman in question is related in some way to the person. Or you know what I'm saying? Like, if this is your mama, sister, auntie, cousin, the yeah. then there's empathy. But for, there's this cognitive dissonance going on, like, every other Black woman is, you know, fodder. You know? They, they you know, it's... It, I can't even think of the phrase. It's like 
they are they can be a target they're out there just to you know be made fun of be disrespected deep be disparaged it's so disgusting to me like you know when i first heard it i was like i couldn't believe it because i'm like shot who the right. fuck is she hanging around right shot right and Which then she gets, oh. and then she gets shot in her foot twice. <laughs> and I and I have to be honest, I was disappointed with her because I'm like, girl, you don't need to be with no Tory Lanez. He ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? Like he ain't shit. He wasn't shit before this incident. And you out here in a truck with him, and allegedly he was upset she was going to get out of the truck. So that's when the sh gunshots happen. But Megan Thee Stallion is too famous for that now. Like, it's like, keep, you know, keep your ass in the house, honey. Like, you know, you're, actually, you're, you're that girl. You're that girl. So, I mean, I'm not saying people don't make mistakes, but I do kind of feel like she knew better. I do feel like she knew better and 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 then I and then that video that she put out two months ago, talking about how she would take up for her man. Um, I don't know if, well, it was oh, on yeah, Twitter, yeah. so anybody on Twitter saw the video, and I think that, that speaks to how she handled the situation when the police asked her why her foot was bleeding, and she said that she cut it on glass. Like I see no reason to take up for that nigga. Well, we mentioned the Twitter video. Just for those who haven't seen it in the video, she talked about, um, I guess, kind of like domestic violence. And if a police asked her about it afterwards, even if she had black eyes or something, she would say that she's good. It was a past situation um, that she was in and she didn't tell on him, but he told on her. And she said, you know, at, you know, basically she was saying she's a real ass bitch that's not going to throw her man under the bus, even if they was just throwing blows. Like, I don't believe in that shit. It's one thing to say it two months. I mean, if you're fighting with your nigga in a relationship, I can kind of understand you're fighting with your nigga. But if somebody shoots you in the foot, throw them under the bus, Megan. Throw them under the bus. Well, I just have to say, you know, in, relation, in regards to what she, you know, talked about in that um, video on Twitter, it speaks to a bigger issue. Black women and their knee-jerk reaction to save black men or protect black men. Um, there is this idea of calling the police on black men or delivering black men to the police. And then there's this, you know, you know, when we examine it, he willingly gave her up to the police, right. which is demonstrative of what I've been saying. Black women are not revered and honored by their men, even in relationships sometimes. And while that, that um, knee-jerk reaction that I keep referring to is innate, that started, once again, I have to relegate it to slavery. Protecting black men always. Don't nobody want to deliver no black man to the police. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and in this instance, I think it's no different. And that's why she 
came out with this thing on Twitter about Black women are so unprotected because she's really seeing now in hindsight that her behavior or maybe perhaps how she thought what was problematic. And here's another thing. The dissonance I just spoke of, you don't realize what's happening until it happens to you or someone you love. You know what I mean? So like Mark, Marcus just said, Tory Lanez wasn't shit before this incident. He was rumored to be dating or there was an instance where he was dating another young lady rapper. She made um, a full disc record about him. And what I took from that was he just doesn't have respect for women anyway. So we don't know what exactly happened between he and, and Megan, but I can surmise that it was something that was not kosher because he don't have respect for women. He just does not. So, you know, Megan and that, in that thought process probably was like, wait a minute, people are joking about me getting shot. How is this even possible? Especially after she came out and said, listen, I've been recovering from gunshot wounds. I had to get surgery. These are all very serious things. But once again, with black women, the joke became, oh, you a, he's pocket size. You a big bitch. How you going to let this little nigga do something to you? Should have fought him. Da, 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 da. Once again, turning it into like, First of all, like I keep saying, black women are highly sexualized, and then we're, there's some assignation of masculinity. You know what I mean? It's like we're sexualized, but then we're desexualized, and then we're assigned this masculinity, like she should have beat him up, or because she's tall, you know, making these references to her being tall and big. I'm she was reading all of that shit and and really thinking about you know her thought process what she's been taught how she's you know been the subject of this onslaught of negativity and she is the actual victim get well soon <laughs> Are we gonna yeah. talk about Dre and Michelle and her dumbass? What's to say about that bird ass motherfucker? Well, Dre and Michelle was on a podcast with two men, and she flippantly made a comment saying that she wished that someone liked her so much that they would shoot her in the foot. Because they didn't want her to leave. Her to get out the car. Oh, no, yeah. Right. I brought that up. What kind of ghetto shit is that? I wish somebody loved me enough like that. It's like, what? What? You know what? You, she really showed me exactly who she was in that moment from making that comment. And then when they were kind of kicking about it, she reinforced it and was giving no. Like, you know, I, I live for it. It's giving... Bitch, have you ever experienced love? I don't think so. What this kind of mixed mo- what kind of mixed messages do these younger black women put out in the world 
to even younger black women. It's really sad. You didn't. It's it's sad that she, she would sit up there and say that shit. I couldn't believe it because especially with with what she's had to endure in her past, she is clearly one of those um, women that are used to being used as toilet paper for men. Mm. Toilet paper or cum rags. And what I mean by that is she, um, in her past, was accused of something horrible, you know? Um, Leaving her child unattended while she went to the, you know, to go strip. The police were called. She left, like, TV dinners for him. Like, it's something that she's had, it's a stigma that she's had to crawl out of most of her time on TV or being known. So for her having that past, which was a source of pain for her for many years while she was on these shows, um, basketball-wise and whatever else she was on, that was a source of pain. People saying all these horrible things about her parenting skills, wanting her child to be taken away because of these, you know, alleged um, um, accusations or what have you, you know? So for her to publicly uh, (laughs) make fun of another black woman in a precarious situation was really fucked up. And Megan, and Megan, and Megan read her. She sure did. <clears throat> As she should have, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I don't know. It's like Megan is, you know, one of those things that the the black community. She's beautiful, but she's still big and brown. She's not fat, but she's big, like she's a tall girl. She's statuesque. There's the black community, these tropes, these ideologies, they've been, with social media, they've been playing out. They've been, it's, it's now um, being said aloud, these things. And they're hurtful and they're painful and they're wrong. <sighs> Do better. Child. And whoever shot her, allegedly, needs to be going to jail. Yeah, I hope she changes her mind and, and tells the truth. Anywho, uh, I don't know what direction this is going to go, but let's talk about Kanye West. <sighs> well, what do you really even start? Because a lot has happened in such a short amount of time, you know. Literally within a week's time. Literally within a week's time. One is for president. Then he started, obviously he was having these manic episodes because then he started making all of these tweets talking about he wanted to abort his daughter, that he's been considering divorce with Kim for a long time. Kylie Jenner's breath. No, she said Kylie Jenner stinks. Kylie stinks. God. He said that Kim tried to <clears throat> fly, <clears throat> fly in with Chris and bring doctors to put him in a straight jacket. Yeah. 
And yep. called it white supremacy. He called it white supremacy. Silently had me hollering. Yeah, I. Mania oh, is let's like not that. forget what he said. Harriet Tubman didn't really free the slaves. Yeah, that was. It's so much has happened in such a short <laughs> amount of time. I was like, "What? Where did he even start?" It's boggling to the brain. It really is mind-boggling. Where do we begin? What do you want? What would you like to start with? Okay, guys. What are we now, addressing? The presidential run first. The mental the health. The presidential run okay. is a joke. Let's start. Yeah, with it's that. a hoax. It's a hoax. Hoax. It's a joke. It's a waste of space. And he needs to come up off that ballot. In my grandma's voice, come up on off that ballot. <laughs> um, Alvin, stop! Stop wasting time. Uh, but then, I I do want to state that he is bipolar, and I understand how irrational and kind of losing certain control over oneself with doing whatever some of the things he's doing. But he is still an adult, and people with mental what we call neurodivergence, um, these people still are responsible for themselves and possess, well, depending on the person, possess a certain amount of um, um, power and dependence, independence to take care of themselves. So with that said, I want to address some of the things that he said, because I'm not letting, um, I'm not being so forgiven about it. Like calling out the daughter, I'm saying what he said about his daughter and saying that he wants to divorce Kim, to me, you didn't, well, I, I don't even know if I can say that, but I want to say you didn't lost your motherfucking mind. He said like, that Kim wanted to abort the daughter. That's what he said. Even then, it's like, yeah, it's even worse. Why are you even <clears throat> opening your fucking mouth? I don't know what, where, where'd that come from? It was so unnecessary. You're trying to make her look bad. Trying to make her look bad, destroy her image and character because he felt that, oh, I'm not, I, I don't want to, um, she was trying to get a doctor on him, as she should have. If she sees that her husband is having episodes. But see, that's unlike, it's so many ways that this conversation can go because people were attacking Kim about all these things that she should have done. Then Kim even had to make her own individual statement. And, you know, some people attacked Kim and said, you're centering yourself and da 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 I disagree. She literally was being attacked by her husband publicly. She right. should say something and talk about her experience with dealing with that. Yep. Okay. Let's just talk a little bit about how this brand of neurodivergency shows up. Bipolarism is really interesting. And not a lot of people understand it. Like, because it's almost seemingly normal. It's so deceptive. It can be deceptive, be deceptive to those outside looking in. Because it almost tricks a person into thinking that whoever is neurodivergent at the time has control over what mm -hmm. they're saying. But mm -hmm. what's happening, but what happens during mania is 
this compulsion, like it's erratic, impulsive. And we have to keep in mind what's happening. Kim is doing a lot. She's doing some superwoman shit. Like she's running businesses. She's trying to become a lawyer. She's actually becoming a little bit more politically astute, which I will give to her. She's raising her babies. She's doing a lot. And for someone like Kanye, who's an egomaniac, I'm sure there was probably like, there's probably a little latent resentment. Now, as we all know, Kim said in her um, statement that he goes off his meds when it's time to create. Because as a creative, people who have, who suffer from bipolarism, they have said, you know, it sort of quells the creative mind, the, the, um, the drugs, you know. And that's another issue, too, because since um, they started treating um, these, you know, coming up with different psychotic drugs, like from the 1960s, there's only like two variations. So there's a big debate now um, about, you know, testing, um, um, whatchamacallit, what's that word? Well, about testing these drugs, about coming up with new drugs, that sort of thing, because they've literally been using the same two derivatives for like over 30 years. Yeah, it hasn't and been probably much something lithium. It's like something wrong with that. So when we think of all these things, and then Kanye with this stream of consciousness going down the line with, with, with these tweets, talking about, and, and the fact that he was so fixated, that's another thing. Bipolarism, there's like a fixation. So he was like fixated on Kim. Yep. And the Kardashians in that moment, like the, you know, the, the West um, children will never be in Playboy. Like there's this like unhealthy fixation. So what we were witnessing was somebody clearly in a manic episode. Right. Like that was literally like the inside the mind of someone who's experiencing mania. And as we all know, like mania is like, it can be really, really high and then really, really low. Right. Now, as far as Kim centering herself, let me tell you something. And I'm going to, you know, Emily and I have talked about this at length because especially with the black community, whenever there is a perceived abnormality, gay, trans, mentally ill, um, any kind of disability, there is an aggression from the, from the black community. Like, how dare you have that? We got so much other shit going on. Why are you not normal? The least you could do is be fucking normal. I'll never forget the great late Toni Morrison wrote in The Bluest Eye. And this is really demonstrative of that. It's like on a simpler scale. But there's a part in the book where... The one of the girls caught a cold 
And the way the mother was treating her with this fucking cold, it's almost like she was angry at the little girl for catching a cold. Like, why did you let that cold take hold? Why didn't you, you know, button up when I said so? Like, and, and, and that's the same kind of reaction to me collectively that the black community has when you have these perceived abnormalities. Y'all done heard about motherfuckers being in, in rooms for 20 years because they're supposedly, you know, it's your crazy uncle or aunt. Because, and that, and, and we have to relate that back to systemic racism because, of course, a lot of Black families don't have money for medical attention, for psychiatrists, for these psychotic drugs. They didn't have, they certainly didn't have it back then. <clears throat> so once again, it's these pathologies that are like in the DNA of the community. So it was easy for people to attack Kim like, Girl, you better get your husband. Girl, you better, you better <laughs> get him his medicine, child. Something wrong with you. Why are you letting him, you not let, he is a right. grown man. He's a grown and man. ultimately, ultimately, he is in charge, you so know, legally. of when he ingests in his body. He has a say-so in how he's being treated. See, this yep. is, so, people are so, um, ignorant about mental health and how it works like, how it works you, who's responsible if they wanted to get a hold on him they have to trick him you can't literally the only way, after people turn 18 it's a dub there's nothing you can do unless you do something private and it gotta be in an intervention if anybody's familiar with um maya campbell from in, 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 um from whatever that show was with LL Cool J and her mm. horrible battle with bipolarism. As a matter of fact, at this very moment, I think she's back on the streets. Mm. Because after a certain age, you can't do any real intervention. Like the state is not gonna help you when someone is an adult. They have to like you have to catch them in like so, some sort of conscious state. Right. And then co like cajole them into treatment. It's hard. And I really wish, you know, and I ain't no fan of Kim K, but uh, they needed to I lay think, off. I think you are secretly. Well, I like, I, it's a love-hate relationship. <laughs> she's, 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 she's trying. She She's trying to I'll do the right thing. That. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, mean, I really, I really. Well, you know, you, um, you've said a mouthful, Lindsay. I know. So I don't, I don't I think I can lot. go after that. But I do. Um, but I do. Um, I don't know what to say about Kanye. He actually leaves me speechless. And I try not to, I try not to get angry with him, but I do anyway. Um, him running for president is one of the most dangerous things we can have going on right now. Um, because, you know, we just don't need that distraction. And he's running for the wrong reasons, I'm sure. You sitting up there running for president, but you're talking about um, 
you know, uh, the legend. Yeah, yeah, what like is this the way you're getting votes? Like, I don't understand his game plan. So, you know, it really there is a he one. just he, he leaves me speechless. I I don't know what to say. I think he needs to be in some type of ball main stray jacket. <laughs> with with diamond jeans and diamond boots <laughs> because actually you know it he needs to be there and um I, I i do feel sorry for kim i think that she's trying to hold it together but i think that <clears throat> secretly you know from knowing her from tv she's probably because she has an ugly cry i mean she has a pretty cry but it's still <laughs> ugly <laughs> and you know she's crying for blood so, so I feel I feel bad for her, but I do think she's supposed to. I do think she's supposed to support him, um, to the end. And how dare him talking about he wanted to divorce her? I know she was over there like, bitch. I should be divorcing you, like another famous couple that I know. <laughs> but uh, you know, I just. I don't know. Chris Jenner along the way too. It's just mm-hmm. like he 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 attacked Chris Jenner along the way too. Oh, he was yeah, just on a rampage. He was on a rampage. And Kylie stinks. <clears throat> and the thing <laughs> is, in the in the in the way, just like another K. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> You know, that bipolar stuff, you know, when they had those rants and stuff, some of that shit be true. So the girls was giving, <laughs> when he said Kylie stinks, the girls were in the comments talking about, I knew it. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I was I like, it. these people are just saying anything. And no, they said it makes a lot of sense now. I don't know what that means. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> If I had to think somebody would stink, it would be Chloe, not Kylie. Okay. <laughs> I don't even think Kylie stinks really, but I think it's just so funny. Maybe her face stinks. Goodbye, Marcus. Maybe. Well, I mean, Kanye did apologize, by the way. He, he apologized. apologized. Yes. And he I'm apologized like, to Kim. He did apologize. And he has a lot of typos, by the way. Well, that's um, no Kanye is not as smart as everyone thinks he is. Yeah, yeah. but he still shouldn't have typos. I mean, he's not the, in the best nope. state right now. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think this might be his. I could be wrong, but his worst, worst? episode. Yeah, I think I've so. never seen his episodes to be this severe, at least on our end, from the outside looking in. And then he went off on this black girl at his Oh, fucking, yeah, the, at the, um, at the, what was it? Whatever it was. Convention, his convention uh, shit. Yeah. But I'm not blaming mental health on that. We also have to remember that right. Kanye was saying shit. And there are three <laughs> things going on here. There's his, um, his mental illness, his ain't shitness, and his right. anti-blackness. Yeah, right. and All massive ego. Play. Well, yeah, that too. And massive ego. You have to that include too. that. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And he had <laughs> no right, you know, really quickly, he had no reason to go off on the black girl. She said she was very disrespectful. 
She said there was a white girl speaking before her that was interrupting him. He didn't check her. As a matter of fact, he, he invited her. her he invited her on stage and hugged mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. after he apologized to her. And he stormed off after he basically berated the black girl. And she was like, you know, I didn't deserve that. Thank God she uh, made a video and explained it um, because you really couldn't hear. But um, at this yeah. point, I think I think at this point, I think I can say fuck Kanye. Oh, wholeheartedly. Uh. Yeah, and just leave it at that. That's all Emory? you can say. That's you all you can say. Do you have anything to say? No, I have nothing to say <laughs> about Mr. West. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to all say right. about Mr. West. All right. Um, Hang in there, Kim. Wash up, Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> I was Wash gagging up. at that tweet. <laughs> it said, Kylie stinks. And he deleted Kylie it. Stinks. And he deleted it. I was like, that shit so fast. Because <laughs> I know Kylie pulled up on him like, bitch, you got me fucked up. You ready for that tweet, baby? <laughs> that tweet is the one. You know what I... You know what I saw it's in my head as soon as that came up? I saw that tweet and I thought of Mimi Lisa. She was like, now how did I get in this? I ain't yeah, even how did I... <laughs> 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 Kiki, Kiki, baby, and she ain't never gonna forgive him for that. I would, no. nope. I know I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Like, like, remember you said I think. <laughs> Keep remember? that same energy. <sighs> Next. Anyway, um, let's talk about the star that just. Um, I was talking about <laughs> Jeffree Star, makeup oh, artist extraordinaire. You mean the KKK and drag? Right. Or also known as Sharon Needles. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> they are similar in their own way. Uh, yeah. Let me stop making all these references. They have like, who the fuck is Sharon Needles? Who is Jeffree Star? <laughs> For those who know, don't know, Jeffy Star is a makeup artist, white, gay, um, drag. He's very controversial. Um, racist. Just, well, racist. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made a video recently making an apology. Um, it was an apology video. And he kind of went over some drama with James Charles and these rumors that he kind of said, I don't know, it was just some whole bunch of bullshit. And I don't know how that even led to him start talking about police brutality and dodging those certain questions as regards to giving specific details on like the James Charles situation. And I was just like, why are you grandstanding about police brutality? Like you're supposed to get a fucking badge or like there are bigger issues in the world than this. And if you don't shut the fuck up, Part that's gragging me most that I saw trending on uh, social media. Many people were talking about um, his hairstylist. He hired a black hairstylist. I am Jonathan on um, Instagram. Celebrity hair guru, Jonathan Wright. And so everybody was kind of looking at him like, 
Jesse Starr's racist. Why the fuck would you do his hair? And someone said that he got paid $20,000 $20, to do Jeffy Star's hair. And the question was posed, would you do <laughs> Jeffy Star's hair for $20,000 if you knew he was racist as a black $20,000 for that um, lace front? Yeah. It looks a mess. He does. Are you kidding me? Allegedly, he would say $20,000. I'm guessing well, guess that's what? flying out. If he needed out. the $20,000, then he's fine. But guess yeah, what? Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Going, Maybe he needed the money. Good. You know? Maybe mm-hmm. he needed I'm the money. I'm not gonna judge. And listen, people do what they do, and you have to make these, you know, individual choices and decisions. For if yourself. he keeps doing it, yeah. if he keeps doing it, then now I, I kind of, you know, yeah, that does start to say something like, so you mm-hmm. really rock, you rock with this person, like, yeah. But the, the, the racist stuff keeps coming up with him. Like, there was one, the a long time, exactly, a long time ago, there was a video with him saying the N-word, like, over and over again with aggression to someone or people or what have you, and other kinds of slurs, too. Then that died down. Um, I guess he made a fake apology video for it. And right. then once again, like just through the, the years, like still these racial, he's still being accused of using these racial epithets and being accused by different people who are also racist, by the way, like Kat Von D. Like, like why are you attacking him for being racist when you are also known for saying racist shit? But this is how these people been throwing right. each other under the bus. So when he made this um, apology video, like, he's, I don't know, slightly paying it. And he yeah, referenced James Charles. It wasn't really an apology. It was weird. And he said, and then he goes on this, you know, while we're talking about this, Breonna Taylor hasn't gotten justice. Elijah McClain hasn't had justice. It was like strategically using black pain and issues to dodge what the fuck this video was supposed to be about in the first place. It's weird. And I'm so so sick of this, you know, like, performative allyship. Like, a girl on one of my favorite other podcasts said, I am so sick of people telling me that my life matters instead of showing me how you're changing things so my life can matter. You know what I'm saying? Like saying, telling, I know my fucking life matters. I need you to tell your people. And not only that, I need you to start implementing practices that reinforces that statement. Don't just be saying this shit for hype. Black Lives Matter. You want to seem cool because you're saying Breonna Taylor's name. You're saying Elijah McClain. And you're talking about police brutality. And that's fine. And that's great. What steps are you taking to actually do something? None. Especially Jeffrey, racist star who looks like he's in a casket all the time. Exactly. He looks like a cadaver. 
Literally, I always think of bones. What's that fucking ugly scarecrow that used to come on HBO late at night? <laughs> the crib, the crib, Tales from the Crib. Was it Tales from the Crib? Yeah. Is that it? Tales from the Crib? I think it's Tales from the Crib. He looks horrible. Um, $20,000 for a lace front. I'm still shagagging at that. I'm guessing that might have been like the booking fee flying out, services. Yeah. Yeah, like you think of labor, all that, like it's that, an all-inclusive the installment. Yeah. Well, Jeffrey Jeffrey White Star got worked because <laughs> <laughs> that wig now, was. Oof. I don't even know if that bitch even really fucked with the person that did his hair. No, trying to prove the point. Like, listen, I hired a black hairstylist to do my hair because I'm contributing to the movement. Yeah, Baby, because Black Lives Matter. Baby, <laughs> but I mean, I, it's like one, and I'm like, okay, like I'm glad that no, no, black, no, oh, like the I'm hairstylist, like, like for this black hairstylist, I'm like, okay, you gave him work, uh, you made your coin, good for you. And I mean, I guess. If something is to come from white people feeling guilty for black people to make their coin, what you do? <laughs> okay. Exactly. Okay. If it takes for white people to feel guilty for us to make money off of it, then I mean... He don't feel guilty. He's white. If you want a lace front that looks that good, you have to go to somebody black. It don't got shit to do with him feeling bad. He wanted a black girl lace front, like Cardi to lay his shit. B. They do. Okay, that that's what he wanted. And that's why he hired his black ass, okay? And was thinking, I can't believe this nigger's fingers are on my head. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he was thinking. That's what he was the thinking. Whole time, the whole yeah, time. that's what he was thinking. Because, you know, you can't, you can't give, you can't um, underestimate these girls. They're, they're racist. So you know, that's that's what they're thinking. It's gonna tell, let me get her here so she can do my hair. I don't trust her. You know, I'd rather eat toe jam than be anywhere. Oh my gosh. You know, I I just I she's one of the ones that really I don't want to use the word hate, but I despise Jeffrey Star. She's disgusting to me. She's disgusting, and she looks yeah. disgusting. Okay. That's that on that. That's that on that. I'm gagging. She made the topic list of this show. I'm gagging. Ooh. I don't. Think, I, don't think, I don't think we've talked about a, a a bigger piece of shit on the show yet. <laughs> oh my god! We just talked about Kanye West. Uh, yeah, yes, we so. did. Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> but at least he has beautiful children. <laughs> At least he has beautiful children. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, <okay>. Maybe. <laughs> Don't compare I, Jeffree Star to Kanye. But it was funny. <laughs> I was looking through some of our old notes of um, like outlines of old shows. We have talked mm-hmm. about Kanye West quite a few times, actually. <laughs> really? Because he's always doing some dumb shit. Literally, always. 
I'm like, why the fuck is his name always on this list? Because he'd be making albums, and that's when he, you know. Baby. No, he's always doing dumb shit. He has an album dropping. It was supposed to drop the 24th, but it never it never came, and the people were going off. Now he pushed it back a week. Well, Taylor like, came out with her shit. Maybe that's came why. out with her shit. Maybe that's why she did it. You know, everybody Beyonce. was talking about, oh, oh, she's trying to come out and outdo Beyonce. Maybe it was Kanye. I did think that was weird. Like, now that Beyonce announces that she's about to be released Black Queen, Black is King, Dan Taylor Swift drop her out. I don't think it was Beyonce. I think it was Kanye. I do. Because she's still beefing with him and Kim. And Taylor talk, said, after Kanye said, I'm dropping the album Friday. Two days later, Taylor came. People mm-hmm. didn't think. You ain't dropping shit. <laughs> people didn't think, you know, that people didn't think about Kanye. They thought about Beyonce, but I don't think it was Beyonce. But Taylor Swift, she, she know, but she, okay. She was actually trying to do something to Kanye. Like, let me show this I think so. I never forgave you. I never forgave you. I'm knocking you out the box. Will. Oh, did y'all, listen to, did y'all listen to Entanglement by August Alcina? I did. I did. Did you like it? Did you like it? <laughs> it sounds like the other songs that he does. Exactly. And I'm sure um, Jada put in her little AirPods. Yes, she and did. And was doing her, her kettlebell. She was yeah. doing her kettlebell routine to it. No, nah, she was doing it. She was like, cut. she was like, she was at home like, I did that. Entanglement, I did that. <laughs> you know, she got a, that's how she is. You know, her, her uh, ego, you know, I did that. Look at what I did. I'm a, I'm a movement. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about Drag Race. All-Star Season Ooh. 5. Mm. Just found <coughs> Our new winner. She goes by the name of Shea Coulee. Shea Coulee. Okay. Shea Coulee. She won hundred fucking thousand dollars, bitch. Yes. Okay. I'm just so happy she got this crown. Me too. Mm-hmm. Didn't she get a hundred and thirty thousand dollars? Actually, yes. So she won a hundred thousand at the end. Along yeah. the way, she won twenty one time, and then she won ten another time. So, come on, one hundred and thirty total. One hundred and thirty total. Yeah, come on, doing her thing. She's gonna. I'm rich. I'm very rich, bitch. Very, very rich. She deserves it. She deserves it. Uh, I'm happy for her. Um, and that, I was happy to see the girls that got eliminated to come back and do their own finale look because mm-hmm. to me it said a lot about who they were to begin with exactly and everybody was some of them this is let me I, fuck it I'm gonna have to just point these hoes out Derek Berry and motherfucking Mayhem Miller oh. go home <laughs> those two specifically were the ones that I was like bitch they could have just got on the plane. <laughs> they could have recorded their shit from a Nokia phone. And exactly. <laughs> I actually like Derek's 
Um, I like Derek better than I like Alexis. I can't agree with that. I don't like Alexis. Look, it was very. I'm sorry. It was just. It's what she always does. Yeah, it was yeah. Spectacular. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what, maybe it, was. That's what it was. Maybe maybe I saw Derek Barry. I said, "Oh, you put on a gown today." For and what? Maybe the, that for the first time. Ever. Ever. But she said to herself, "She's like, I'd never wear a gown." And then her damn crown fell off. I said, "Wow!" Right at the, I'm like, "This bitch!" I said, "Wow!" But I could you not deal with that wig that she had on. It was horrible. It was horrible. Like, was it lopsided? What are what you doing it? with the hair on it? Like, like, what was it to the side? It was terrible. I, the style. My girl, it. my girlfriend Blair Saint Clair slayed those girls, all of them, it, with that last Blair, look. Honey. Blair Sinclair came to the party Very to make a name. better than the top three. Unfortunately. She looked better she than did. RuPaul. <laughs> she looked better than RuPaul. She, she did. sat RuPaul. <laughs> she sat RuPaul down. <laughs> That's why I said on my Facebook, Blair's the type of bitch. That effect. Show up at your wedding in a better gown. Like it ain't even about you tonight. Why and you- try and and the type of bitch that will show up at your wedding with a better gown and then feign ignorance like this is just me, you know. This, this is I wasn't trying to upstage the bride. This whole thing. This whole thing. The detailing was- on that effect. Outside Those, of the top I- three, Blair, mm-hmm. but the rest of them didn't look like, you know, they were all behind the top three to me. You know what I mean? Like, Blair was the yeah, only the one of the eliminated three. girls that looked... Like I don't even remember thing. what the others had on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, seriously, literally, Blair was the only one to me that kept up with... Well, she slayed the top three, but the fact that, let's say if... um Shay, Juju, or Cracker didn't make the top three. And right. they came back. To think Maybe. that whoever else would have been a Nate Finale look and that would have been Nate Finale look? Yeah. Like, this y'all ain't worth the crown. Yeah. yeah. This is your finale look? Right, and that and the T was, that was Blair's finale look. She was that was Blair's finale look. So she actually yeah. did a, um, um, what you packing with um, Michelle Vassage? And mm-hmm. she had that dress in the back. She was like, I didn't get to wear this. I saw that fucking dress in the back. Mind you, that's why I gagged because I was like, damn, I would have loved to see her wear that. I kept saying that. So y'all didn't, this is just context. Y'all didn't see this dress because y'all didn't watch that episode of What's Attacking. So when she came out in it, I was like, this motherfucking bitch. The details were so intricate. It looked like oh she was dripping, like dripping with ice, dripping like, in jewels, jewels, icicles, like crystals, and it was it's... just exquisite. Yeah. Okay. Next level. And I mean, it it literally was nothing wrong with the look. Like from the Her hair, makeup, the makeup, the shoe. It was just like it was just on for me. I also thought Cracker looked the best she's ever looked. 
that last look. The best she ever looked. But I not only Cracker, Juju looked the best she ever looked. She looked yes. gorgeous. Yes, both of them. Both of them looked the best they ever looked in their lives. As they should have, going up against Shea Goulet. Goulet. Juju finally spent some money. <laughs> Actually, she spent money on two looks from from what I could see. On her monster look, yes. monster ball look, and her finale look. She said, okay, yes. this is so all I can afford. <laughs> and, I so love, and I love the way Juju B pads. It is so <laughs> appropriate. Like, it, remember yes, it used to be wonky back in the days? Like, just a she used to bit. have a little bit too much ass and hips, but now it's perfectly proportioned. It looks yeah. so natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks so natural. Feminine. It's, it's crazy. Really, it's crazy because she's a legend. Really nice. She's a drag queen, a drag race legend. But to me, like, she's still Has trying to cool. get there. Yeah, she's. She says she I mean, still look wise, look wise, because she never really was a fashion girl. Mm-mm. So she had a lot of room for improvement, look wise, and um. But she, she actually surprised did. me. She this surprised whole season, me. she was trying to come through with some looks. She was trying to come through. She was trying to come through, and honestly, she didn't have one bad night on Drag Race. She should walk away feeling very accomplished. Yes. She didn't have one bad night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did y'all think about that last lip sync? Um, I, and I maintain what I said before. I felt <laughs> like Ju- Juju did too much. Cracker, I didn't know what the fuck she was doing. And Shay K did more. I think Shay didn't do that much, however, because she wore a fucking gown for the finale. I don't know if she was not expecting to have after lip sync, and she couldn't move much in that gown. Well, I think she actually took the song into consideration and just tailored it to that, like, you know, mm-hmm. I think she, I don't know. Cause I mean, it was that weird. song doesn't Paco require just much always movement. does whatever she, whatever she can think of to see what sticks. She she got that hundred thousand dollars easily. Cracker would do a cartwheel to a Aretha Franklin song. Like, yeah, she will. really would. <laughs> she just would. She literally just throws everything out. I can't deal. Didn't she got she that hundred thousand dollars coming out of her boobs. Easy, it's like it was. Yeah. Just, you're doing too much always. Well, she tried it, to have a even, you know. It didn't uh, even do shot. nothing though. You the know. smoke out his breath didn't even do much. It was I, didn't fail, like I didn't like that no, look. I didn't like that look. No. I didn't like it. Whose look? She dropped Cracker. the ball on that look. No. She dropped the ball on that look. No. Just like she dropped the ball as Lady Gaga in Snatch Game. Ooh. I cannot Ooh. believe that Lady Gaga. That Gaga was horrible. Mm-mm. I, I know Aquaria was at home losing it. Yes, she was. <laughs> but none of this shit, none of this shit when it's expected. I was expecting Shay to win the design challenge, Shay or Blair to win the design challenge and fucking Cracker one. And mm-hmm. I was expecting Juju or Cracker to win Snatch Games and fucking Shay one. Like, it's, mm-hmm. you can't predict this stuff. Like, it's so unexpected. 
Um, but I'm happy to say that literally from season nine, they have three crowned winners. They got Stasha, Trinity, and now Shay. Yay. Work. Some are saying now they are the strongest top three ever. I don't know about that. Well, if you think oh. about the fact that all three of them have crowns. I mean, yeah, I mean, oh, you said the strongest season or the strongest, strongest three ever? No, I'm saying um, season nine has the strongest three. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, but I mean, that's I always fair if they have the three The only bitches. one that can come close only one that comes close to me is season um, six because they have um, Courtney Act, who's a fucking legend, by the way. Yes. That bitch, her career doesn't even depend on Drag Race. Mm-mm. Right? And then you He's have... He's in a whole other stratosphere now. Literally, Dancing with the Stars, Big Brother, so many other things. Then you got Bianca Del Rio, who's one of the most successful drag queens of all time. Sure is. And then Adore Delano, who actually has a relatively respectable music career. Yeah. People actually listen to her music. So, anyway, congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Adore Delano. Adore Adore is the most followed drag queen outside of RuPaul, I believe. Yeah, because Adore is kind of cool and always has been to me, like. School. Yeah. Don't do it. Anyway, congratulations, Shane. Yeah. Congrats, Shane Kool-Aid. You, you're come up and. And by the way, motherfucking Tyra. Tyra Sanchez. <laughs> yes. Be quiet. Be quiet. Shut your fucking mouth. You're Be bitter. quiet. You're Those bitter. Those who don't know, Tyra Sanchez, before the finale aired, she tried to um, spoil she it. Spoiled it. Everybody and say, yeah. Oh, Shay won. I saw the final edit. Da 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 da. Mind you, this is supposed to have a tire from drag altogether. Mm-hmm. She goes leaking shit because she hates drag race. And everything associated with it so much. The worst drag queen winner that they had. Mm-hmm. It's so fucked up, but you know what? I'm gonna have to agree with that. Cause I used to be a big Tyra fan, by the way. So was I. When that's all there was. But she has when people continuously do certain things and they, um, you know, she's just been consistent in her behavior. Yeah. It's negative. It's very negative. People, everything on her drag face is literally hate. Hate. Yeah, literally. Literally hate. Um, she's always blaming everyone except herself. Like, mm -mm. it's out of control. You can't live like like life like that. You can't. Bitter, hate, negative negativity. It it mm-mm. no. I loved her on her season. She was just so black. That was one of the things I loved about her so much. Like she used to do these Afro puffs, and you know it was like 
she was challenging drag for a lot all the white com- competitors. She was on the unapologetic. Show. Unapologetic. And I was just like, that's what I loved about her. But now I'm just like, yeah, I lost my respect for you. Now you're just a problematic uh, drag queen. And especially yeah. um, coming for Shay. Ain't nobody got time for that bitch. Don't come for Shay. No, don't do okay? that. Don't do that to her. She gave some cockamamie uh, reason for for doing it. No, bitch, nobody don't care about you. Okay. It was literally like five pages. Like if you don't get the fuck out of this, this is why I don't like production. This is why I did this to Shakulay. This is why I hate the fandom. No one cares. No one gives. No, no one cares. No one cares, girl. <sighs> anyway. Again, shut the fuck up, Tyra. Congratulations, Shay. Congratulations, Shay. Well done. Finally, <laughs> you got your coin. Now all the girls can what? Exhale. Yes. <laughs> she finally got her hundred thousand, honey, because you know okay. the girls were gonna give that up. Hell no. Point win. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's my phone. Goodbye. <laughs> <sighs> a quickie. All right, Swallows, I am more than happy and thrilled to introduce our new guest today. Definitely someone that is, I'm hoping, hard to swallow. Actor, <laughs> comedian, writer, <laughs> Samson McCormick. How are you? I have yeah. never told any, I've never had anybody tell me I'm hard to swallow. Well, usually I'm going to swallow, so there's that. <laughs> okay, Sam, tell him you go down you know, smooth. You go, go down, down smooth. I'm so smooth. I go down so smooth, <laughs> so smooth. <laughs> yes, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So you're from DC, right? I am from the DMV. I am from Southeast. Fight a motherfucker. Can I cuss? Can I make sure? Can yeah. I cuss? Okay. okay. Just want to make sure now. Um, yes. Fight a motherfucker in the middle of the street at the ice cream truck, Southeast. And <laughs> oh DC from over okay. there by East Over Shopping Center. Um, I am right. I'm from round away. I am so from round away. It's, I'm so happy to represent DC. Hey, I ain't mad at that. So you've been doing this for quite some time. How many years has it been now? Oh my God, do we have to talk about it? <laughs> it's, I've been doing it now for, for 20, for 20, because yeah, I'm about to start telling my age now. I've been doing this for 20 years. For 20 really? years, yes. I have been doing this for 20 years now. And In various I, forms or stand-up alone? It's been, it's been stand-up. It's been solid. Hardcore, out on the road, doing stand-up comedy as a black gay man for 20 years, and I don't, I don't think I celebrate myself enough. But see, I don't do this just for me. I mean, the the art form is beautiful, and we all do what we do because obviously we enjoy it. We, there's some sort of self gratification we get out of it, but I also understand the importance of representing black gay men in what I do and and the importance of our voice, not just as black men, but also black gay men in media, because it's what we do is not just entertainment. It's very political. A lot of people, they don't know us because they might know us, but they might not have the courage to come out and say, hey, mom, hey, auntie, hey, dad, I'm gay, you know, you know, whatever. And so we have an obligation to to talk about it. 
I agree. And part of what I love about what you do is that you definitely don't sugarcoat anything. You can't. You can't like it. So you got to tell it like it is. I mean, do they mm-hmm. sugarcoat it when we be in the churches and they're telling us we're going to hell? No, they don't. <laughs> no. You know, when we be in the barbershops <laughs> and they be calling us faggots, do they sugarcoat that? No, they don't. Mm-hmm. So whenever I get on stage, I'll be sure to tell them the same pastors that are out here telling us we're going to hell for being gay are the same mm-hmm. ones sucking dick in the church office. Okay? Oh, wow. You know, Full a fact. lot of them. Yeah, it's facts. facts. Eddie Long, hello. Donnie McClellan, hello. Table. Okay. Oh. You know, it's it's we need to talk about it because my issue is I know so many black gay men who struggle with wanting to kill themselves or self-hatred mm-hmm. and can't get to a relationship because they feel guilty about it. And it's because of the shit that we hear growing up, you know, so that's why you can't sugarcoat it. So well, when did yeah. you decide when did you decide that this was the lane for you? Like were you always funny growing up? What what came first? I don't think I chose it. Like um I wanted to be a hoe, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's given my biggest aspiration in life is yeah. I wanted to be a hoe. But yeah. um no, it, you know, I think black people are funny. I think we go through this is the things that we endure and survive just living day to day is so twisted that in order to make it make sense, you have to have a good sense of humor. So I think that's something we all have. We all had that cousin we go kiki with, we laugh with, you know, stuff like that. Right. So it, I've always laughed and had a great time, but I think it was the theater and the fact that I had timing and I'm a good writer. And that was the mm. thing that set me apart because we know a lot of funny people, but there's a difference between being funny in general and being funny enough to get up on stage and create art and tell a story. And right. so y'all got my y'all got my theater teachers to thank for that. Oh. And when did you decide it was time to center your queerness? I haven't had a choice. I didn't want to do that. I didn't believe that I was gay. Everybody else knew except for me. I mean, I knew, but <laughs> I didn't want to say nothing about it. And um, I, as a matter of fact, for the first couple of years that I did comedy, I would be on stage telling, because I mean, it's, I was in those Def Jam clubs. So I would be right. on stage and, and as a black man, it's all about beating your chest with words on stage. I get right. so much pussy. You know, I'm running from child support. You know, I got roaches and smoke weed. Like it was <laughs> yeah, the same realm of those. Right. Yeah, you. If you break out the old Def Jam tapes, that's what people talked about. That's so what that's it was. What yeah, and I could run with the best of them because I mean, I'm from. I tell everybody, yes, I'm gay, but I'm black first, and so I would get out on stage and I would run with the best of them, talk weed stories, running from the police, all that type of stuff. Because I did do that because I'm from Southeast. But then I would get up there and I would talk about how much pussy I was getting, and the audiences would be like. and so um you know in in addition to just a really hard breakup and just understanding and i got outed too i'm not even gonna we we we're gonna have to just go out for drinks tell all the stories but for the um, full package deal yeah the full package deal but you know just things happen that tip that let you know you know you mm-hmm. will be better off and more effective if you live in your truth in, in full capacity. So once you made that transition from being a DL comedian to being an openly gay comedian, 
How did your experience change? Well, it was that was during the time where it was, and it's still it's still not all the way cool. People still say mm-hmm. ignorant shit, but yeah. back then it really wasn't cool. Like back then, when I started doing it on stage, people would get up and walk out of shows. People would be sitting outside waiting on on the car. Um, there have been a few nights that I've been out. I've had bottles thrown at me. You know, people throw beer bottles up on stage. Um, you know, and that was nice of them, you know, knowing that I was thirsty and I'm just playing, but you know, they would throw <laughs> beer bottles up on stage. They would throw chicken wings. Chicken wings. Okay. That's insulting. You know, they're sitting there, you know, you know, we got our wings. Chicken. These, would be, these, these would be clubs where, where, where our people are at. These would be black folks and they would have had them wings, you know, the little flats. And, um, <laughs> what's next? Watermelon, watermelon slices. You know, these would be these would be black nightclubs. So these it would be clubs like mm-hmm. uh, the Legend out in Temple Hills, Maryland, um, mm-hmm. the Peppermint Lounge up in New Jersey. You know, I played a lot of really hard clubs where black people where you had to be funny. You know, right. white people they will chuckle at you. They'll be patient with black people. Oh, bitch! It's eleven o'clock at night. I got to be up at five thirty in the morning. I've been up all day. I'm tired. These drinks cost too much money. Bitch, you better be funny. Oh, and mm-hmm. you up here talking about you gay? No, nah, we ain't going for that. And then, you know, throwing chicken. With, and I had to learn how to, I had to learn how to stand in my art and my truth. Because Black people respect confidence. Yeah. They do. I agree that's with what, that. Yeah, they that's do. what made the difference for me. They'd be and, like, this, and, this motherfucker got heart. That's the that way you're thinking. Yeah, and then it it went from me not getting not getting hired to come perform at clubs because they would say nobody. And ironically, it was this dude named John Queen who told me he didn't want me at one of his clubs. I was supposed to audition for BET. Yeah, he said we don't want to put your faggot ass down here. Called and told me that. Um, and I just I'm I'm very stubborn. I'm always don't tell me no. Um, Right. So it just got to a point where. I just was like, I'm gonna keep doing my thing. And I would go out and I would go back to these clubs. Every night wasn't great, but it got to mm-hmm. a point where I got so good at it that people, those same people who would throw wings, started buying me wings, you see. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Instead of talking shit to me in the parking lot, they was like, man, you know, I don't, I don't agree with your lifestyle, but you cool, man. I'm gonna walk you to the car, make sure don't nobody fuck with you. You know, oh wow, it it got better. Yeah, it it you just have to stand in your truth. You gotta, you have to stand even when nobody else is standing with you. You gotta be your own cheerleader. So you talked a little bit about your experience of homophobia in the field. However, I remember at one of your shows that I went to at the DC Comedy Loft, and I won't provide too many details because you all can check that out in the comedy film Church Boy. But you talked about your experience with racism, too. Child, the Ku Klux Klan has come out to my show. Um, really? They came out, and you can Google that. And yeah, and I joke, <clears> and I'd be like, when they came out, I was like, damn, I didn't even know they liked comedy. But no, they came out, <laughs> came out to the show. Um, I, I have battled racism and homophobia in comedy for years. Not to mention the systemic racism in Hollywood, but we're not even going to get all that deep today yeah you know um because people don't understand like and i tell black people this like we we're gay we do what we do but we're black first 
And so if I go to a place like Kentucky or to a place like Michigan or to a place like Idaho or, you know, these crazy places that I've gone, they see a nigger first, okay? Right. And then I got the nerve to be up there talking about liking boys too. Oh, they got a two for one up in there. And it's a wonder I'm sitting here talking to y'all because it that isn't easy, but I've used humor again to connect to those people and also a little street smart because I also understand you go somewhere talking shit where your black ass don't belong. You don't stay in that town. You drive a yeah. couple hours on out that town and you, you fly out the next morning now. There you go. You got to throw them off a little bit. But I got a question. Did they throw potatoes at you in Idaho? No. <laughs> they, they, no they, didn't, they didn't throw no potatoes. But you know, you, you want to know something though is you would think that the, the best places to perform would be like New York City and Chicago and LA and stuff like that. The, right. the best places to perform have been places like Montana and Kentucky and stuff because a lot of those people, they don't have shit to do but sit on the front porch and rock back and forth. So some <laughs> of them have more common sense than a lot of the people in the big city. And if you get up there and you're funny and you tell a story that they can relate to and mm -hmm. people might not agree with this, but I've had those same people come up to me after a show and go, you know, I don't, I don't like niggas and I don't like queers, but I'll fuck with you. Whatever that means. The fuck? I, I, Whatever I, that means, right? <laughs> but, see, but see, listen, I understand what that means. I understand and a lot of people, and I can respect the people who can't hear things like that and take it. Mm -hmm. But I understand, number one, I'm not going to be doing a whole bunch of mouth and all because my, my duty is to get my check and get out of there alive, number one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. And number two, I realize the connection that has been made. A lot of those people are ignorant, but and they've never, probably never have had a Black friend. They probably have definitely never had a Black gay friend. But the fact that I was able to stand up on that stage and tell a story that they were able to relate to means they've seen themselves in a Black gay person. They right. found a common ground. They find a common ground, and that's what it's about. And sometimes they're kind of gagging because they th never thought it was possible to see themselves in someone like us because they painted all of us with the same brush. And then they meet somebody like you and they say, oh. Right, well, well, first of all, I think, I think it's like mind blowing when they see two black men, especially if it's two big old fine ass, built ass, be up in the gym two or three times a day ass, black men kissing <laughs> and holding hands and shit. They just be, they be getting ready to have a stroke. They be like, what the fuck, what is this? What is this? Are y'all trying to kill us? What is wow. this? And, um, you know, it's shocking. And I think people need to be shocked. Being shocked means you're confronting something and we need to make people confront stuff. You know, it's, it's good that we make Auntie confront her shit. You know, it's good that I think more, more black gay men who are in couples, we need to go to barbershops together and shock the shit out of them. You know, when they be talking that shit, we Ooh. need to say stuff back to them. Mm -hmm. We need to go to church and sit up in there and hold hands. You know, a lot yeah. of people, oh no, because we be too busy trying to hide, fuck that. Go in them churches and walk up and pay your tithes and hold hands together walking down that aisle. Good idea. Mm -hmm. I'm all for that. And if the pastor got some shit to say, then say, nigga, give me my $2 back. <laughs> 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 
the barbershop was another topic that came up in this um, comedy film. Um, is that still your experience there, even despite being, you know, successful? Of course, but we've been quarantined, so I had to learn how to cut my own hair now. So I go <laughs> in the bathroom and I cut my own hair and I call myself faggot. So now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how's quarantine life treating you anyway? It's hard, y'all. It's so hard because I don't necessarily talk a lot all the time, but I'm social. Like I like being around people. I like going to parties. You know, I like being on the road performing. I like seeing other people perform. I like being out. So uh, being forced to stay home is hard. It really is. I mean, I consider myself an introvert, but when you don't have the option to go outside, it's just different. It's different. It's different. It's so back, different. Are you guys in LA back on lockdown? What's happening as far as? I didn't know we was ever on lockdown. These people, they won't sit down. That's why people keep getting the corona. <laughs> people got the corona, the yeah. Hennessy, the Bud Light, the everything else. I do. <laughs> <laughs> sit down. <laughs> they won't sit down. I'm like, sit your ass down. Like, they shut everything down except for Target and stuff like that. You go mm -hmm. to the Target, it's like getting in the club. You got to stand in the line and wait 20 minutes to get up in there to get your wristband and put an X on your hand and everything to get up in there. Bitch. Now, <laughs> oh, it's like and, uh, <laughs> Yes, yes. People like, it, it's hard. It's like, and some people are hard-headed. Like some people, and I'm yeah. not going to lie, like I've had a couple parties at the house. Um, you know, but it's people that I trust. You know, if I know somebody be out, because there's some people. I already wouldn't let them come in my house and drink off a glass on a regular day, okay? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that part. <laughs> but, you know, you got to be extra careful now. And so, um, you know, it's, we're, we're social. So it's, it's been challenging, but I, I found my way around it. And, we, you know, we still get to do stuff like this, so we still talk to people, but nothing yes. beats having people come over and kiki, you know? Um, and in Atlanta, and I've been watching fight videos from Atlanta. That's been keeping me. <laughs> so I'm assuming you saw last week's event at the Marquette. Oh, <laughs> they wow. need to start putting them things on pay per view. Them kids be going in. They're entertaining. They happen so much now. People have gotten really good at videotaping. Um, yes, they yeah, have. The kids, the kids be down there boxing. Then it was this one dude. Um, I saw one video, this dude was like 65 years old. It was past his bedtime, it's one o'clock in the morning. Um, and he knew, this is a video, he had the bottle and he like tapped the dude on the head twice with it and then somebody knocked him over. Um, <laughs> right. And it's just like, it's chaos. I'm like, why does this old ass man, like he done took his blood pressure pills, <laughs> he falling all over. <laughs> he need to go home and drink his Metamucil and he just out fighting at the club, it, I don't know. Um, I, I, whenever I come to Atlanta, I always go to Bulldogs. Uh, right. And you know, Bulldogs, they, now up in there, it'd be some WWE hardcore wrestling match shit going on up in there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they put in them drinks, but you know, you go in and you can, you can feel tension when it's in the air. So it's like, yeah. people already be up in there like, cause you know, the kids, they come out, we got our little drama. Somebody done stole somebody's man. Somebody sleeping with somebody's man. You know, somebody gave somebody an STD. It, all sorts of stuff. Whatever it's going to be. Club. Yeah. And then they bring that shit to the club. 
and then they get to fight and the people get to throwing stools and shit and they make them strong ass drinks. Cause I know it's like I people start fighting and then you start drinking them drinks up in there. Then you sitting up talking about I wish somebody would try me up again. Like, <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's something they put in them drinks. Their drinks are stronger than fireplaces. Baby, the fireplace literally serves gasoline. Literally, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> go to the fireplace <laughs> and say, you know how like you you go out drinking and you know you be too tired and too drunk to get you know stop and get gas. If your car ever breaks down because it needs gas and you don't drink the bulldogs at the fireplace, get out and throw up in your gas tank and you're going to make it okay. up. Right. Okay. <laughs> and this will be good for a good 57 miles. Okay. So, quarantining for some of us is easier because they have someone else at home. But when you're singles, it's a little bit different. So, Samson, are you single? Oh, I, you know I can't tell that type of stuff. One of my boyfriends might find out. Question mark on Question mark. Just know that uh I I am always entertaining male company. You know, um You're entertaining. I'm all you know, you I too. have never had a problem getting male attention. I don't know what it is about me. I do something to these boys. Um, and But you know the ones that you really like. You know, they're the ones that like to run off and carry on. And I'm like, well, and I'm, I don't believe in holding people, so I just go get another one. You go get two <laughs> or three more and keep it going. Another another <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I saw your video, um, I Don't Date Black Men, where you yes. kind of talked about um, some experience with dating. And the white boy that you dated, yeah. um, you know, all that he was doing. So yeah. is that something you would ever incorporate in your show? I touch on it all the time. And, and, and really it was the idea of talking about that was living in LA, mm-hmm, right. these crazy ass motherfuckers out here, um, <laughs> is a lot of them like white men. And it's more how some of them, they glorify white men. Like for me personally, I will only, I only, and you know, black men, we got our shit, but I will only be with a black man, only. But I do like to highlight the differences in the black men who only date black men or who understand the importance of black partnership. I don't like to use the word love. I think that I don't like that word, but you know, what? black partnership. We won't talk about that. Um, I would okay. say black, black partnerships, black unions uh, versus, you know, these people who they date white men for whatever reasons they date white men. It's just me. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's, I've slept with some white boys. I understand people can do what they want. You know, humans are humans, but they just, I don't know, white, white men feel a little different in bed. They just they feel um, like you might break them or something. You know, you don't need to be breaking white people because you're a ghost. Breaking white people. Yeah, I don't need need no um, white fragility in my bed, honey. (laughs) No, I just like, and and, and they're cultural things. It's like when you go out and you experience some stuff, because I always say we're we're black first when you go out Mm -hmm. to the world and you go Mm -hmm. into a store and you get followed, it's because they see your black ass. If you're out 
in a in a shiny car, especially down there in the south, and a cop pulls you over because your car is too nice, or you got tinted windows, or whatever. There's certain things that you can come home and say, "Hey, babe, this happened today," and it's like, "Let's smoke a blunt, and talk about it," as opposed to coming home to a white partner, um, especially one who you know uh, got parents to put raisins in the potato salad, you know, and. <laughs> You tell them, hey, something <laughs> happened, and they go, are you sure? Like, when I was dating that white dude, I was on the highway giving him head one time, and the um, <laughs> some cops pulled us over. And, you know, I'm sitting up there and wiping my mouth, you know, and I put my hand <laughs> on the stand, on the on the dashboard. So, um, <laughs> the cops <laughs> shine the flashlight on me, even though I'm in the passenger seat and ask me for my ID, even though I'm not the one driving. And he didn't see anything wrong with that. And then he gonna ask him, are you okay? I'm like, bitch, you should be asking me if I'm okay. I'm the one in the passenger seat, you know? Um, with a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't necessarily a mouthful, but I was in there doing having a snack. But anyway. Mm. Um, <laughs> 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 But, you know, it's stuff like that. Like, you will yeah. only experience stuff like that or either, like, I, I used to work on Atlantis Cruise Lines. I used to do uh, five shows a week on Atlantis, which is a gay cruise. And mm -hmm. interracial couples would get on there. And so I was on the top level with people who had the money. So, like, the president of C-SPAN was up there. Um, this mm -hmm. dude who his great-grandparents owned Blockbuster. Like, those type of people were up wow. on the floor. And, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm glad down the hallway. I, I didn't have me a cup because they give you cocktails when you get on board. You know, those are gay white boys. They get drunk and start doing drugs as soon as they get on the boat. Before that boat leaves, everybody's high. Okay, hanging off the side of the boat. So I'm feeling grand. Because I'm like, oh, shit, I'm up here on the top level. I done had me a couple of drinks. And I'm saying hi to people. And they're looking at me like, what is your black ass doing up here? And so... After they, after they saw me perform and stuff like that, they got a little bit nicer. Mm -hmm. But I was having conversations with some of the other Black people on board who happened to have white partners. And the experience would be different for the Black partner versus the white partner, where mm -hmm. the white partner would get invited to parties, but the Black partner wouldn't, or they would ignore them until they found out who they were with. So it's stuff like that right. that you deal with that I don't care yeah. you know, go through mm -hmm. with the partner. That tends to be because white people are okay with you when they find out that you provide some service to them or some type of value. Well, you know, that's why I carry a gun. And then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you automatically are valued. No, I'm just playing. But, um, yeah, it's just bullshit like that. And it's, I really do. Like, I, I, I work with white people all the time. Most of my work does come from white people, and I'm very explicit in, my, in how I voice my experiences and what I think about them. And, mm -hmm. you know, white people, they seem to like that. They seem to like abuse a little bit when you tell them, hey, y'all are fucked up. They like when you talk to them like that. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I'm not going to do that in my house. Right. It's not. It's just not. I would much rather hold down and lift up another black man and that's what we're gonna do over here yeah the the duality yeah. of it all yeah <laughs> you know and especially if you smoke weed i mean i want to smoke a blunt with a, 
with a brother. Yeah, like, you know, I mean, they are, don't get me wrong. There's some white dudes out here that like, got little cornrows and stuff, you know. They, them, <laughs> they ate some cornbread or something like that, and they cool. But, I, you know, it's some white dudes out here that got swag now. But I just much rather wake up next to a, a black dude, or even if we're not in a relationship, just a person that I'm seeing, I'd rather it be another black person. Of course, of course. Okay. I've contemplated doing a one night only stand up comedy show as like a bucket list goal before I hit 30. You know, like how Nene and Wendy Williams did it. What advice would you give someone that is interested in doing stand up comedy? Have fun. Um, it's a it's a balance of it's a balance of having fun and also realizing um, that it's not as easy as it looks. Which is why, in order to navigate that, you have to have fun. You know, a lot of people look at it and they go, "Oh, anybody can do that." There's a delicate balance of confidence and humbleness that you have to have with there. Um, and you can only have it if you're having fun. So just have fun. Don't try to force it. Have fun. I would imagine an important part of doing stand-up, obviously, is writing and preparing beforehand. Have you ever prepared to do a set of jokes and you went out of order in the way that you planned to tell them? Of course. Of course. <laughs> it's like very, my brain is, I think that art is spirit there's something the same way people talk about the holy spirit and all that type of stuff if you, mm -hmm. there's something about art that's done a certain type of way that affects people the same way it can move people the same way um we were downstairs again we was high as hell last night looking at this movie on netflix called the wrong missy right um which is hilarious i haven't laughed that hard at a movie in a long time it's gotten great reviews i know exactly what movie is talking about yes have you seen it <clears throat> no not yet it's not in my queue though the, the wrong, wrong missing listen i was blown away about how funny that those white people put so much comedy spirit in it it's like I have not looked at a movie and just laughed out loud. And I'm talking about they was the laughs that like had you like doing like that. Like, you know, it was I mean the jokes, the timing, the acting, and I was in there like clapping. Like, you know, I was mm -hmm. high, so that that amplified it a little bit, but like I haven't seen a movie that made me feel that good in a long time. And I think that mm -hmm. art, and I say this, you know, it's I don't write music. I don't do any of those other things. I do theater and I do comedy and I understand how if you tell a great joke or if you do a monologue in a play or something like that, how it can move people the same way. Art mm -hmm. has a spirit like that where it like, it's almost like the Holy Spirit except for it's through art. Do you watch everything kind of like with a critical eye because you know comedy. So when you're watching something that's supposed to be funny, you're like, no, they could have just got differently. They could have. Yeah, yeah, because I'm not just a comedian. I also direct. I also produce. Mm -hmm. I also write. Um, and I've been on many sets. And I've worked with Academy Award winners. I've worked side by side with them. I toured with them. You know, I toured with Monique. You know, had, mm -hmm. and I've had these people come out to see my shows. So 
you learn to look at it a little bit differently. Like when I go see a movie, I, I usually have to look at it two or three times because the first time I look at how it's shot and I imagine what type of angles they had to shoot from. It's, it's really hard. Once you learn the business, you know how people vote in the Academy Awards and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they vote because they, they don't just look at it the way a normal person does. Right. You look at it, you look at it from, from a, a production standpoint, an artistic standpoint, and a content standpoint. Then you buy the fourth time, third or fourth time that you go back and look at it. Now you're able to consume it as a, as a viewer. Mm. That's, if, that's if it's, but see, once you become that critical, it's really hard to look at it and enjoy it if it wasn't well done. It's like, that was shot poorly. I can't even look at it. Or you might have something that's so well written that you look at it and it's like, wow, this is so brilliant. If only the production was a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, if mm-hmm. whatever, you don't, whatever you don't have, whatever you don't have for production, the content has to be twice as good to make up for it. And yeah. so Black artists have a long history of doing that, dating back to... Now, see, and I study this stuff, too, so I'm going to try not to ramble on because I study it. I study the business. As a matter of fact, I have books down here. I'm going to make this real quick so I'm ramble on, but I'm, I have a book that I study called uh, Black Comedians on Black Comedy, and mm-hmm. it is a history of you have to study your craft. Like a lot of people, they say, oh, I just want to be an actor. Okay, you need to study the history of Black actors. You need to study the mm-hmm. history of theater. You need to understand that because that's the only way you're going to be in the business 10, 15, 20, 30 years. That's the only way you're going to have longevity. That's the only way you're going to be able to reinvent yourself and to apply certain things is to know the blueprint. Speaking of, I want to go back to something you said about being critical, about watching other people's work. <clears throat> because recently there's been a lot of conversations about <clears throat> comedians and maybe some stuff that they said in the past that was a little bit disrespectful. <clears throat> and it's being brought up again. So when you, um, how do you feel about that? And how do you determine how far you'll go? Um, <laughs> how do you, defer, how, how do you um, determine how ignorant you're going to get on the stage? Or how do you think about um, regretting shit that you've said in the past? Like, does that affect what you say? Okay, there's a difference between being ignorant and being stupid. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you need to get up there and be ignorant, you can be ignorant, but you need to be able to defend yourself and it needs to be able to make sense. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just get up and just scream out, oh, I hate whatever and offend a whole bunch of people and know those people are going to come for you. It's good to have people come for you. If you are speaking and people aren't coming for you, you don't need to be speaking. People, it's good that people are coming for you. But mm-hmm. that means you have an opinion. That means you've challenged people to think and look at things a little bit differently. Now, when they come back and try to come for you, you need to be able to defend yourself and do it so well that they pay you even more to hear your next opinion. Especially if you're a black gay person or a woman or any of those other type of minorities who people are already, they already are judging you like you're not going to be as good and people kind of discount what you have to say already. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about so what do you think about people bringing up things that a comedian has said in the past? Do you feel like that's a part of the art, or do you think that some things are off limits? I think two things about it. Number one, I think that people are hypercritical of comedy in a way that we truly don't get to enjoy and appreciate the art form the way that we should. 
That's number one. We intellectualize things so ridiculously that we don't get to appreciate the art. The art, mm -hmm. art isn't always about rational thinking. Art is about understanding our mistakes, our differences, our contradictions, the hard things that there are to talk about. That's why we have art. Um, but people have got too smart. Everybody want to write a thank piece now. Oh my God, you all finna fuck that shit. Understand <laughs> that people are going to have their opinions and that's what it's about. So I think that's, I think that's corny. Um, what was the other part of the question again? I'm still happy last night. Does it, do you ever, like, I just wanted to know, do you ever uh, write something and then say, oh no, I can't say that, that's too far? Like, yeah, you... sometimes, sometimes. Okay. Sometimes there's well, certain things you want to spare yourself the trouble of, so you save those things for when you're sitting on the couch drinking at three o'clock in the morning with your friends and y'all can kiki in the house. That's the whole point of being able to shut the blinds. <laughs> And locked no, the door. <laughs> no, was it like that? Was it like that ten years ago when you were right? No. Oh, no. Okay. No. Okay. People, people now have gotten um, so sensitive and stuff, and it's, it's. I think it's really because of social media. Everybody's always comparing. It's, a, it's a collective self-esteem issue. Right. Right. Okay. So when somebody right. says something about you, like you know, back in the day, if you called somebody fat. Somebody fat would say, yes, I am fat, bitch, and I'm about to go get me a piece of pizza and come back and sit on your motherfucking ass. But now if you say that to a fat person, it's, oh, you're fat shaming me. And when you can't own who you are, that's a self-esteem issue. You know, like, um, for instance, I did a, um, a show about two weeks ago because people know I've been beefing with Milan Christopher for a little, for a little while. So... They had oh, a, really? uh, oh yeah. <laughs> I wonder <Yeah>. why. Because <laughs> he's corny. But anyway, um, <laughs> so they had a funeral for him, or they had a funeral for his career um, online. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> they did not. Bang, bang. What? I can't even get through this. <laughs> oh, they did what? Very bad. Go ahead. You know, because that thing has been in a nursing home for a long time, so it finally croaked. Anyway, um, they had a they had a funeral for it, for it, and I got invited to come. And you know, it's my thing is this: I talk trash about people and stuff like that. Some people who've earned it from me, um, and I actually, I he's cool. I don't have a problem with him, but we got our little issues, we got our little differences, and I'm going to stay in my ground on that. But it, it's really nothing personal. It's just it is what it is. Anyway, right. I'm up on there because I was invited to speak and it was some youngins on there. And so I don't have the straightest teeth and I know that. I still know <laughs> I look good though. Okay. <laughs> um, so I go on there and in the middle of me speaking, one of the kids goes, excuse me. And I said, yes, young gay baby, what would you like? And the child says, they were 17, 20, 24 years old, the kids. And the child says, um, did you suck your thumb when you were a child? And I said, yes. And I immediately, I knew what, what, what they going. were getting at. Where he knew where was going. Oh, did you, um, did you eat rocks growing up too? I said, bitch, I still eat rocks. That's my favorite snack. And at least I got food over here, you broke bitch. Now shut the fuck up. Oh, and Lord. see, when you're able to own things and you take the power out of it, People can't say anything about it, and so many people have lost the ability to do that now. Yeah, when you when somebody says something about you, especially if you know that it's one of your flaws, which a flaw is only a thing that makes you who you are, 
when somebody says something about you losing your hair or somebody mm. says something about your double chin or somebody mm. says something about the way you walk or you talk or your weight or whatever and you let that get to you that means you aren't secure in it you have to be secure in who you are and so when people bring some shit up you say oh i know and make a joke out of it yourself it's funnier than theirs we've lost the ability to do that i get your point I mean, I call that the Eminem technique because he kind of did that in the movie Eight Mile, where you take the power out of the attacks, and now it's kind of like, okay, now what can you say now? What else is going on? Yeah, then nobody, they can't say anything, and more than likely, um, if they're worth anything in, in, in their weight and salt, they respect you for it. Mm-hmm. You know, people, people can only hurt you with things that you allow them to hurt you with. And so that's why I tell people, if you a hoe, be proud of being a hoe. You know, a lot of people, oh, no, I don't. And you know you be out running around. Be a hoe. Like, be <laughs> own the type of hoe that you are. You know, whoever you are, own it. And have a good time with it. I wanted to piggyback off of Marcus's, um, what Marcus was saying, especially about art. And there's been a lot of talk about people being too sensitive. I get what you're saying. I don't necessarily agree with it. There are mm-hmm. certain things that I don't consider flaws. I don't consider being black a flaw. I don't consider right. being gay a flaw. I don't consider being trans a flaw. I don't even really consider being fat a flaw. Right, 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 right. But I do believe in the integrity of art. I do. Yes. I don't know if I'm able to reduce it down to people being so sensitive. I think it's a fine line. I think there's a fine line. What I wanted to ask you, where is the line that you draw? Like, do you draw a line? I definitely, I definitely draw a line. I mean, I'm not going to be I personally. And if you look at my comedy, I've never been disrespectful. But Mm -hmm. if what makes comedy funny is laughing at the obvious, you've had the in addition to timing, it's also the ability to make fun out of something that we know is true. Right. And so you, right. Yeah. So if you can't tell the truth, then what's the point of even trying to make something funny? It's like, it's stuff that's in the back of your head, and it's ironies that are mixed with that that makes it funny. People don't want you to tell the truth anymore because they're afraid that it's going to hurt somebody's feelings. Okay? So... Mm-hmm. And this is just me as somebody who understands what makes things funny, even if those things might hurt somebody's feelings. For instance, Mm -hmm. some of the stuff that people say on Fox News that they say about minorities, this shit is funny. It's funny because (laughs) it's funny because you know in the back of their head that that's what they be thinking about us. That laugh sucked it all. It was so sinister. Also, a part of you as a black person, depending on what that thing is, knows that it's true. But where you draw the line at is, okay, now, bitch, you don't get to say that part because you're not (laughs) black. I can say it because I am black. Right. But if you say (laughs) it a certain way and you leave it there, that's what makes it funny. Like Joan Rivers used to say shit all the time and she told the line perfectly like she's one of my favorites like I remember one time uh, my girl Kiki Palmer was on there and they were having a conversation about black women in Hollywood and Joan Rivers said 
the three most powerful black women in Hollywood are Oprah Winfrey, Queen Latifah, and Tyler Perry. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Come on, Joan. Work, Joan. That's Joan. That is Joan. That is funny because it's, it's oh off God. the wall, but that a is little so bit of her. A little bit of truth is in there, though. Like, it's, it's like Tyler Perry speaks to black women, and they kind of look up to him kind of like a powerful black woman. So it's, it's, you just have to know how to do it. It's yeah. a science to it. It's, it's definitely a science. a science to it. Yeah. Comedy is art. And art is basically a reflection of the world that we live in. So I can appreciate and respect that you see it that way. It is. And I, I really wish people really respected comedy for the art form that it is. Very few people really respect comedy just as comedy. Now, it, whereas back in the day, it was like, okay, we're going to go to a comedy show just so we can laugh. Now mm -hmm. it's people, you have to work a little bit harder because now people won't really pay attention to it unless they've seen you on something or something like that. So it's not so much let's go out and see something funny. Now it's let's go out and and see this celebrity do stuff on stage, which mm -hmm. is why so many random celebrities now are trying to do comedy. Like no shade, but like Lily Leaks is out touring with professional comedians and I've seen her and I've been uh -huh. backstage. I've been backstage I was in Oakland when she got booed off stage. Okay. Oh, when she had made that inappropriate joke about um, the lady getting raped by her Uber driver or something like that. I was there. I was I was backstage that night. Like I was on stage when she said it. I was behind the curtain looking at the show at the Paramount Theater. And I saw her with my own eyes get booed and then walk her drunk ass backstage upset because she didn't know you don't do comedy like that but well, she can that do was that just her being stupid yeah no, but a lot stupid. of people yeah that's yeah. Being stupid that's an example of stupidity that's okay? an example of stupidity um, that's an example of stupidity yeah, so bad. you have people who who now they don't understand the art form but because people look at comedy so much differently now it's like mm -hmm. now it's about celebrity as, a, as opposed to art. So in a way, to really get people to appreciate what you do as a comic, you have to become a celebrity. That's a good point. But on a less serious note, we have to know. Did Nene Lee's go soak her big ass feet in a hot tub after that show? <laughs> no, bang, she just walked back then. She walked back then. She went in her. I don't know what she did in her green room. She just went back in her green room. She was hosting the show, so I think they told her don't tell no more jokes for the rest of the Ooh. night. She was given, all right, and your next comic is no in between commentary. Mm -hmm. But I was there. I saw her. I've seen um, a few people off social media who just because they got a million followers. They come out and they book weekends at comedy clubs and they can do, they can be funny in 60 second clips. But when you have listen, to stand up there, listen, leave B. Simone out of this. Okay. <laughs> B. Simone, just <laughs> hilarious. Leave her out of this. Oh, just Ooh. hilarious. Just, they're um, not funny. 
they're not funny. You know, um, I've seen I've seen a few, but there are some who I think are are good. Like they actually are very good with the audience. Like they can at least stand mm-hmm. up there and talk and be interesting. But like, I just tell it how it is because I I don't just do comedy. I study this thing. Like right. this it's is science. It's a it, I study it as a science. Like I respect it. I can tell you anything about it. I can tell you what makes a joke funny. I can tell you how to construct the put down. I can tell you how to construct the punch. Like I can tell you everything. I can tell you how to play on words. I can I can tell you how to make the double entendre. Like it's something you have to study. And mm-hmm. people think, and you have to study, you have to study people who do it differently than you. Like I will study old white men from back in the day, like Jack Benny, Red Skelton, Milton Burrow. Um Red Skelton funny. Yeah, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's physical comedy. And you so know, Bob Hope. Bob Hope, you know, he, he was a little <laughs> dry, but I, I understand his humor. But you have to understand it all so that you are able to perform to any type of audience. It's just like a singer who their bass might be R&B, but if you put them on a track with classical opera, they can sing that. Like Beyonce is good at that. You know, she's mm-hmm. trained like that. And it's like, you have to do that. But when you had these people who think, oh, I I, um, I ate some Tide Pods and did a backflip and fell down the steps with a blonde wig on. Of course, that's going to get a million views because it's <laughs> literally. <laughs> right. And you're going to, you can get into a comedy club and people are going to come out to see you. But when you get up there and you have to stand up there for 35 to 45 minutes to an hour, do you have a show to give those people? Because this is not 60 second clips. This is you standing up there on a stage with a spotlight on you and saying things to captivate people and move them to respond however you need them to respond in between the laughter. Is that the difference between being naturally funny? Because a lot of people are naturally funny, but not everybody can be a comedian. Yeah, some people are naturally funny, but see, again, that's what makes the science of it a difference. Because a lot of people... If you put them in a backyard around the barbecue grill, they can crack you up there and have everybody on the floor laughing. But if you put them on stage, not so much. It's law. Again, it comes down to the science and understanding why this is funny. And it's a difference between making people that you know laugh with some of the best laughs you're going to get are going to come from people that you know and spend time with. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Some of the, that's where you're going to get the good laughs at. Mm -hmm. Then you get people who, on a professional level, when you want to go to a theater and see it as a show, they understand the craft and understand the difference there. And you need people who understand that. Mm, yeah. Pro- professionalism. I would imagine yes. being a comedian can be nerve-wracking because it's dead silent. And all they have is your voice to go off. It's not like you have music, you know, like uh, um, a background singers and stuff like that. Yeah, like if you if you're having an off night, you know, you can like let your background singer sing and just hum over the bridges and stuff like that. Right. Like say your voice is shot and you're in the middle of a tour, you can like have your background singer sing stuff. You can, you know, you can play it theatrics, off. you can play it off. But when you are up there as a comedian, it's like you, the spotlight, and the audience. And yeah. if you're in front of black people, it's like you have the challenge because black people, they, they don't give a damn how long you've been performing. Because I've been around 20 years and my audiences are really good. But when I come out, they still be like, bitch, you better bring it. As a matter of fact, that's that's one of the slogans of my brand is that bitch better be funny. Like people say that at the box <laughs> office. 
um, mm. you know, they still expect a show. And it's like you have to go out there and you have to deliver. Do you feel more pressure because you're gay? Of course. Of course. It's because you have to be two to three times as good. So not only are the, the opportunities in business different for you when you are a black gay person, because we are, it's like a subculture that already doesn't really celebrate comedy unless it's over the top. So whereas I could stand up on stage and I can do play on words and stuff like that with, with, with spoken word, more black gay men like drag queens and stuff like that. Or like if a black woman gets up there, you know, like a Monique or a Lunel and starts mm -hmm. talking about whatever, they can relate more to that. Whereas I've been on stage, say I get hired to come do um, Sizzle or something like that, Miami Sizzle. Mm -hmm. You can feel like the men in the room will be like, now nah, if I get up there with my little chest out, my little chesticles out or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of be like, okay, you cute, but it's like still like, okay, what's so special about you? And right. I get that, and, I, and I've been around for 20 years, and I still get that. But I have an understanding of the art form. You also have to know your audience, mm -hmm. where I can get up there, and I know, I know what buttons to push and where to go. I also perform in front of white people. And there's a certain way that you have to speak and perform for them, but a lot of them will, they get shocked, because when you are a black person, and I'm, I'm definitely of the urban experience, you know, they expect motherfucker this, this and that, nigga and I don't get up there and I, t I don't talk like that. I talk to them in their language, and they're like, wow, this, this nigga is intelligent. <laughs> and what you think can be that? <laughs> yeah, and that, and that, right. see, that challenges them in a way. And that's yeah. what you need. Yeah, that's what you need. Thanks. And, and, we, and, and we need more of that because really, white people, and I only say this, because they do control so much of politics and stuff like that, they really don't check for black gay people. So, which mm -hmm. is why when they see one of us, you have to represent. You have mm -hmm. to. And it's the same thing with black people too, but with white people, it's a little bit different because it's a different type of money involved in representation. So it's a whole, it's, right. a, it's a whole political situation there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I still uh, selling uh, weed after the show and stuff like that. Though, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> with you. Can, can I get a dub? Uh, uh, yeah. like, can I have a? Can I have it? They call it an eighth. Can I get an eighth? Yeah. Do you have an eighth? I need an eighth. I need a the morning. Can I get an eighth from you? Can I, can I get an eighth? <laughs> yeah. So it. You know. Do you sell mushrooms? And you got to tell them, yeah, I sell, I sell mushrooms. This is right here. This called. I got that Obama for you. Oh my God, I can sell this to me. He calls it Obama. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it it really is. A, it's it's really. If you really get in, and I I just I encourage anybody who does art to really study what you're doing because art, and I can speak say this as a comedian and also as somebody who's a filmmaker, but as a comedian. It really is a study in sociology and understanding people and why we think the way we think and how we look at each other and being willing to challenge that. Remind us what the name of the book that you recommended was? Black Comedians on Black Comedy. That will help you to understand not only 
the impact that we've had on comedy from from not just from back home because you know back home in africa it was griot storytelling getting around a fire it was even Mm -hmm. ceremonial to tell our stories Mm -hmm. on down to how we use comedy through slavery because two things that we were doing that we don't talk about enough we we see these stories about slaves being miserable getting beaten shit like that all the time yeah that was going on but i'm gonna tell you something we were doing two things we was doing in addition to that we were on them plantations laughing and fucking don't get it twisted we were doing both of those okay okay um that's it's history it's knowledge you know mm-hmm. um but we also used humor in a way back then to outsmart slave masters and stuff like that we mm-hmm. used it in the civil rights movement we used it on down through the aids epidemic and the war on drugs and we're still using it so there's there there are things historically that we need to understand about the impact that we've had we used to have on comedy and also um just black comedy in general mm-hmm. So it's so much is attached to it that I really want people to understand and appreciate. I know I'm passionate about it. I'm gonna shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love it. Um, actually, you proved my point. Uh, you're super knowledgeable. You're smart. All the more reasons that I'm asking my swallowers to check out his comedy film Church Boy. Uh, that can be found on SampsonComedy.com. That's correct, right? Or also on comedy.com, on YouTube. Uh, I am also, uh, there's also another film we did called Party and Play, which is a scripted film that I wrote. That came out last year, I know. It came out out last year. Another film that is, it's laugh out loud funny. It's a wild ride. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's even better if you had, because I was high when I wrote it. So <laughs> go go look at church boy. Oh, and, and also on uh on Instagram, I'm I'm gonna start doing a better job at promoting on Instagram. I don't like you know, it's I'm very in person. So I'm doing a better job at Instagram, but also following me on Instagram at Samson McCormick, S A M P S O N M C C O R M I C K because uh yeah, I don't just I don't just do comedy. I also work to establish a greater presence for us as black men and as black gay men in media and work to tell our stories and also my productions i hire people uh who do things i don't care whether you are you know um back staff you know people who work in production you know Mm -hmm. uh, pas or any of that stuff or also if you're somebody who acts or something like that i do all of that so it's really just about helping us to establish a greater presence in media so that more of us as black gay men can have opportunities and hopefully not have to fight a lot of the battles that I've had to fight in this business. Yeah. Well, I think I could say that you are hard to swallow. At least it's sweet going down though, baby. It tastes like, yeah. it. Ooh, tastes yeah. like cotton candy, baby. Mm. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for joining us today and definitely check out his film. Yes, it's a, it's a great film. Thank and, and, thank, and thank you all for what y'all do. Like, it's important that we have these platforms where we can talk about what's going on in our community, where we can give our takes on media, where we can talk mm-hmm. about our news and things that affect us. So thank you all for doing what y'all do. Thank it's, you. It's all of thank it is you. so important. And y'all keep protecting this black woman, Lindsay. 
know it. Yes, we protect each other. That's right. All day. Just, yeah. Okay. Laugh. I tell black people all the time laugh, have good sex, and take care of each other. Yes. Amen. That's all you can do. Amen. And try to drink a little water. Just a little. Okay. <laughs> Just a little. Thank you for throwing that in there. Uh, thanks, Flowers. Uh, thanks for listening. We enjoy you so much. We have thousands of downloads and we appreciate you for constantly supporting the show. You can yes. follow us on HTS underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Um, don't forget to check out um, all three of M- Lyrical Mars singles. They're oh, on yes. all major music platforms. If you have not done so already, Please do. It's on every my link tree is on my Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, and my my album is about sixty seven percent complete. What can Ooh. we expect? Oh my God! Let me tell you something. I am a songwriter. I'm not just a rapper. I now know what Nicki Minaj is going through. It's like, oh. hello, I'm a rapper, but I'm a I'm a songwriter. You know, <laughs> and so all I can say is it's going to be versatile. I think there's something for everybody on the album. And, yeah. you know, I do have some, you know, inspirational tracks, if you will. Come on, oh. inspirational. And, uh, you know, I'm really getting, getting through this journey of creating music is actually showing me more about my ability to commit. And I'm just mm-hmm. really happy to release it. And, um, <clears throat> you know, bitch, I have high expectations, as you bitches know. Because I will yeah. argue down with y'all girls about why Blair and Claire is that bitch. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? No. Like, I, you know, I have high expectations. So I'm going to put my best foot forward and just try to do something that feels authentic and new you know i'm not just putting out tracks and rapping over them like i'm angry i'm not doing that okay i'm giving you a body of work bitch so (laughs) you know i just i hope i hope um you know everyone enjoys it and i'm really excited there's some collaborations coming that are unexpected so yeah look out yeah we'll be looking out out. stay tuned and also support Lindy Wagner's show that she writes for. Um, I think it's called Triangle Web Series. It's oh, a Triangle. show that you act on. I heard of, I, I heard of that one. That one's, the one. that one's the one with the gays. And one it's time the one I saw, with the gays. Yeah, mm-hmm. one time I saw the gays and I saw I saw a trans woman on that show too. I yes. There are oh, yeah, gays, there's a, a trans one. woman. Oh, there yeah. are a lot of people things very fine gaze by the way all and the I, cast is absolutely gorgeous and i saw that white woman cussing somebody out too i said work yes Deborah. there is a white woman there's also I a white work. man oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's also a white man there is also a white man on it um no yeah you can find seasons one through four on uh youtube and if you'd like, you can subscribe to brtvtv.com. Mm-hmm. 
to get season because. five and um, you know, upcoming season six. Oh Sounds wow, like season six. And the girls are going strong. Yes, it's been greenlit, honey. Okay. <clears throat> so check us out. And yes. also tell a friend. And give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yes, you- we love to read the reviews. And also, if you would like to pay for advertising, check out my link tree and find out more on how to do so. Or inboxing for media package deals. I mean, be a sponsor. Or please give us some topic of the days that you want to hear. Yes, what would you like to talk about? What would you like to talk about? Because honestly, we get in too many arguments trying to come up with a topic of the day. <laughs> so y'all girls really need to come through and help us get there. Because it's really draining with these two. Every time. Exactly. So yes, give us some exactly. Ideas. For our next show, come on, guys. What, do you, what would you like us to discuss? Any hot button issue you can think of, just please email us. Yes. And you never know. We may discuss it. Nah, 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 keep it cute, though, because next time they're going to be cute. like, they're going to want the topic to be, at what temperature should the water be when you're sweeping your ass out? Goodbye. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you that. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> you, know, you know how, like, there's a, there's a blue and a red side? <laughs> it needs to be over to the red side about Good. 20%. Goodbye. Followers, we are out. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>